welcome to the Dental Bonding Podcast. My name is George Benjamin. I'm a dentist from Berlin. I already interviewed some people like Stefan Borret, Javier Tapier, Matthias Basso, Jenna Agueta from Ecuador, Mindogas Kudelis, who is a VIPE admin, and uh, even Carsten Jung from CJ Optics. I really like the dental Facebook world and uh, this podcast is all about interviewing people I find really interesting. And today we are going to listen to Maciej Czewinski. You all know him from Success Stairs and Tomorrow Tooth. Really great guy. I don't want to talk a lot more because the podcast is going about an hour. Make sure to listen to the end because there's a little surprise for you. Welcome to the show. I'm here with a very special guest. Most of you will know him, Maciek Czewinski from Poland. Welcome to the show, Maciek. Hello, guys. Hello, George. Maciek, I think everybody knows you from Facebook, Tomorrow Tooth, and your own courses, but can you tell us something about yourself? How long are you a dentist? How long, uh, when did you start posting on Facebook? Sure. Uh, so, probably this is my 10th year of doing dentistry. So 10 years ago, I finished my dental study on the Poznan U Medical University. And then it was a very good situation for me because my dad is a dentist. So straight from my study, I went to, to my dad's dental office. And to be honest, at the beginning, I thought that this is a really good situation for me because I could take my dad's patients However, later on, it turned out that it's not so good possibility for me because you know how it is when you work with your dad, you will take everything, all the his approach and his style of work to your style of work. And after three years, three, three years it turned out that I've got some limitation because I was working exactly the same like my father. And uh, I was working in a very bad ergonomic position without dental assistant because that was that time the way that my dad was doing dentistry. And to be honest, I had a very big crisis about my dentistry because I was treating 12 patients every single day. I had 30 minutes per every patient uh, the quality of my work was really really bad in the comparison that I'm doing like now and it was a really big challenge for me also to change the all the all the approach and the, the style of my work so yeah that's that that was a really bad time however only because that I changed the style of my work I can lead the this talk with, with you George so that's that's the story so what made you change your work did you have some external inspiration to be honest <laughs> uh, the story is quite funny because the reason that I had to change it was my patient and probably I'm almost sure that everybody who is listening of this podcast have like a very, very bad patient. And George, do you have like the patient that is very difficult in doing a restorative treatment? Actually, I only have do difficult you... patients and I'm sometimes glad <laughs> that I'm charging quite a lot of money for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my very challenging patient was Mr. Stanisław. And Mr. Stanisław is average Polish patient, probably. It was a very friendly guy at the beginning. So, you know, my every single first visit was a short talk. Patient was explaining me what was his main complaint. I was trying to estimate the cost of the visit and then I just I was doing the, the treatment and I remember this first meeting with Mr. Stanislav very well because it was the old amalgam filling in the left lower molar and at the beginning I thought that this is like the very standard case for me 
However, then it turned out that Mr. Stanislav, from the very good patient, changed into like a monster and the the nightmare patient because this is a, that that is a guy with a huge tongue, huge cheeks that covers everything. This is a patient that produces the river of saliva. And after 10 minutes, it turned out that it's impossible to do anything to to that patient. So, you know, I had to explain to him that we have to cooperate because otherwise it will be very difficult for me to, to finish the treatment. But fortunately, that time I had my biggest friend and my biggest friend was the zinc oxide. So zinc oxide was the solution for everything, to be honest. I don't know if you use, George, the zinc oxide or, or not. It's also called IAM, a kind of zinc oxide, original. I think Sacamate has it as a product. Uh, you know, this is like the standard zinc or like a temporary feeling that you yes. place when you are, you know, have some doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So to be honest, I could call myself a king of the zinc oxide <laughs> because we were mixing the zinc oxide in a bucket for all the patients that came. Because, you know, the, the story is that if I had any problem, I placed zinc oxide. If I had any doubt whether the cavity is prepared well or not, I placed zinc oxide. If I didn't have enough time to finish the treatment, I placed the zinc oxide. When I was really, really hungry and I smelled the lunch, I placed the zinc oxide. So, you know, that was almost the solution for all my problems in restorative dentistry. However, as you exactly know, the, the thing that you place the zinc oxide, it will not make the next visit easier. So because I had to treat Mr. Stanislav and, you know, when you place the zinc oxide, I had ready story for my patient that we have to place the temporary filling because the cavity is too too big. And we have to cure the pulp because we don't want to do the root canal treatment. So that was a very good explanation to Mr. Stanislav. So on the next visit, I was prepared even better because I had probably 10 minutes more for the visit. But still, it turned out that 40 minutes for, for this tooth was not enough. So after 40 minutes, I removed the zinc oxide. I almost prepare everything. I place my artificial rubber dam. So I place my cotton rolls because this this was my way of isolation. And I don't know if you know this story, George, and all the people that are listening to that podcast, but I place the cotton rolls. I place the matrix. I place the edge. Then I place the bonding agent. And when I was... Just like the one step before I, I applied the flow material inside, Mr. Stanislav swallowed his saliva, everything moved upward, and I lost everything. There was everything was in the saliva. I lost my matrix, I lost my wedge, and the next patient was waiting at the waiting room, so I had to place another time my zinc oxide. And I had exactly the same story as on the first visit. So I said to the Mr. Stanislav that this is a very, very deep cavity and still we have to place the temporary filling. So when when it was the third visit and like the probably almost half year with the treatment of the single caries, at the third visit I knew exactly that I have to change something because otherwise it's it will be very very difficult to finish the treatment so I just remind myself that I've got a one piece of the rubber dam and I remember that during my study I placed the rubber dam and it wasn't so so difficult so at the third visit of Mr. Stanislav I explained to him that we will place the rubber dam, just cover everything with the rubber and to make the condition better. However, I don't know if you know that situation, but you know, sometimes when we are when we focus in the dental office on something, the time goes in a different in a different way. 
So finally, when I placed the rubber dam, my mom, that and she was my dental assistant that time, oh, really? told me, Maciek, I'm, yeah, Maciek, sorry, but the next patient is waiting. And it turned out that I spent probably 30 minutes just placing the rubber dam. And I didn't feel that exactly because it was so difficult for me. But definitely that was like my breakthrough because when I placed the rubber dam, finally I could see everything and there was no any problem with the tongue. There was no any problem with cheeks. And suddenly I could see something. And because I didn't have enough time because the next patient was waiting. So what I did, I just placed another zinc oxide to that tooth but because i saw that you know that rubber dam makes everything much easier that day i placed rubber dam to every next patient and still to every next patient i placed the zinc oxide because it lasts like an ages to place the rubber dam but that time i exactly knew that this is the way that i want to perform the restorative treatment and to be honest that was the day that completely changed my my whole dentistry and from that time i just tried to develop everything to to make it easier and easier and easier so when did you buy your scope when Probably that was like one year after Mr. Stanislav. Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> and at the beginning, yeah. So, you know, when I tried to, to, to place the rubber dam, then I saw next problem because suddenly, okay, I didn't have a problem with the saliva. I didn't have a problem with, with cheeks and tongue. However, there was always a problem with magnification. You know, I, I was trying to see something, but I still couldn't uh, couldn't see it very well so then i tried because somebody told me that okay let's try to use the microscope and that was the time probably like eight years ago that it was very common to, to use the the microscope for root canal treatment so i decided that okay i will try and that was a real nightmare because the guy from the car cups company brought me the the scope to my dental office and for the whole two weeks it was just standing covered it was waiting for a difficult case because i thought that the the microscope is only for very difficult root canal treatment so after two weeks when the guy from the company came and he asked me about my experience with the scope i said to him that i used it just once because i didn't have enough time he asked me why, why you didn't use the, the scope. And I told him that, you know, all the cases were very easy, so I didn't have to use use it. But then he encouraged me to just to try to, to use it more often. And suddenly it turned out that, yeah, it's it, it makes everything much, much better. And I could see everything. However, at the beginning, it was a nightmare because I couldn't do anything with the microscope. Because as you know, it's so difficult at the beginning to move the handpiece in a correct direction because this is like the starting the dentistry from the very, very beginning. And uh, actually, I was learning it for a whole month and I was also placing only temporary feeling because that was like the, just a training for me. But I was really... I decided that I will do everything the, uh, under the microscope. And probably that was the one of the best possible ideas because when you are doing everything under the microscope, like the dental checkup, sculling, restorative, prosthetic, suddenly after two weeks, you become familiar with it and there is no any problem with the movement of the hand pieces, with the movement of your, of your hands and your brain just starts to see that, okay, you know exactly what to do in a specific condition. So definitely when I tried and the problem was, to be honest, that I couldn't afford to buy the microscope at the beginning because it was too expensive for me. So the funny story was that after one month, when I get used to work under the microscope and the guy from the car cups company 
came to my office and he told me that, okay, magic, but this week I will have to take the microscope. <laughs> so I called to another company, this time to the Leica company, to ask them whether it's a possible to take the microscope just to train and to see how it, it works. So for a whole year, I was just calling to the different companies, asking whether they can borrow me a microscope for two weeks just because I'm interested in buying it. For a whole year, I was trying like the different scope. And finally, after one year, I decided, okay, this is like a must. I, I definitely have to, to buy the microscope. Even that in that particular time, it was a very expensive tool for me. But from this perspective, I believe that it was the best possible investment in my dental office because it changed completely also the way that I started to do the restorative and the, the whole dentistry. So definitely that was the another breakthrough in my in my dental experience. But you're now working with a CAPS microscope or with a Leica? With CAPS, yes. Okay. I finally I go back to the car cups. To be honest, I fall in love in that in that microscope because the er the whole ergonomy of that scope is is a really is really really good. So I fall in love with the because like you know there is always some different points in different companies about the microscope, but the biggest advantage that time. F for the CarCaps uh, microscope was that I've got the fluent mm. zoom that I didn't have to skip like the, I didn't have like the three or four possibilities, but, but I could just place the zoom exactly where I wanted. So that was the, the biggest advantage that time for, for me. And the whole ergonomy of the, the, this microscope was really, really good. So yes, I'm a fan now of the car cups. Scope. Yeah, actually, um, at a recent German anti-society meeting, I also had a look at it. And uh, the zoom part is not a lot of microscopes have these kind of zoom options. Um, so it's... It's more and more common, to be honest now, because as I saw also another brand like mm. Zoomax, and I think that this is a direction that a lot of companies will go because it's it's really useful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Zeiss Pro Ergo also always had it, but it was a really expensive scope, mm -hmm. or it still is a really expensive scope. Yes. And uh, I already saw it's an IDS uh, Zoomax prototype, which was mm -hmm. okay. But I didn't like the big foot pedal. <laughs> but uh, probably everybody okay. can, can get used to everything. So when did you start posting cases on Facebook or even somewhere else where probably people didn't see you? You probably started in maybe a Polish forum or just write in style Italiano? Yeah. To be honest, I started posting my cases when I got the, the microscope because I bought the the scope with the uh, with the digital camera that was built in the scope so s that time i had the chance to to start my adventure with the dental photography that time also i also didn't know that i can take a very good quality picture with my dslr so i started to sharing my cases uh, using the the scope to take the photos and To be honest, I was so afraid of posting cases on Style Italiano, but it was like that time it was probably uh, the most common uh, Facebook group. And I learned a lot from, from the cases that I saw there. So I was so afraid that there will be like some negative feedback from other dentists. But suddenly I, I was really surprised because the... There was a lot of very good discussion about the the about the posts, and you know that gave me a lot of new power because I saw that you can share your cases even if it's not very well done, but you can get very good feedback. Even that some feedback was like the negative one, I decided okay, this is like the very good feedback from the best clinician from all over the world and uh, the you know the biggest the biggest 
I can call it even the adventure because I exactly remember that day because when I started posting, I saw also other dentist cases and that was the level that I couldn't understand how you can do dentistry in a such with a such good quality, with a such good quality of photos and so on. And definitely at the beginning, my... A real master was, was, was Pascal Venuti, definitely. And when I saw his cases, I was really astonished because, you know, it was like the completely opposite. He was doing a completely opposite thing that I was taught during my study. For example, with the how we can cut the gum with the bar. And it was like, okay, that's, that's a really crazy thing. Because during my study, I was taught that we shouldn't even touch the gum because I was afraid of recession and so on. And this crazy Italian guy was cutting the gum using the burr. And that that was really impressive. And he was showing the perfect healing after it. He was showing perfect restoration. And then I, I decided that I also tried to, to copy that. And it turned out that yeah, it, it, it works and it works in a very good way. And I remember exactly when for the very first time when I published one of my cases and under the one of the photos, there was like the very uh, short sentence, well done, written by Pascal Venuti. And, you know, this is that was like the moment that I had really good day. So, you know, even that it was somewhere in the... I saw this comment in the middle of the day. I decided, okay, I can finish my job right now because I was so happy that, you know, even, you know, the guy that was really... That was like my mentor. He just noticed one of my cases. And that was definitely one of this day when I decided, okay, that's that's the way that I want to do. And definitely even... If some from time to time I will get the negative feedback, I want to to go to that level of dentistry that that Pascal Venuti showed me. And to be honest, that was the like the beginning, the adventure with also with Tomorrow Tooth, Tomorrow Tooth Group. And suddenly it turned out that there is there is no end limitation this day. So if you just want to achieve something, it's only up to you and there is no limitation at all with the social media with the internet if you've got some plan if you want to go in such direction we should go because then it turned out that after a couple of months the pascal venuti from the anonymous guy from facebook became my friend it turned out that i went to and this is also some funny story because <clears throat> I just wanted to meet Pasquale. I didn't know how to do that. But then it turned out that there is a very good surgery course in Poland uh, done by Radosław Jadach, who is now a Facebook star when we talk about the, about the surgery. And I knew that all the people from RIPE so like Lincoln Harris, also the old guys from Tomorrow Tooth, like Bogdana Katrinei, Pascal Venuti, is there? They were coming to to the Radoslav Jadach course. That, to be honest, at that time was was quite expensive for me. But and I'm not I'm not a surgeon. I'm not doing surgery. But I decided, okay, I have to go <laughs> to that course. Not only for this for the course, but also to meet all all those guys. After that, I decided, okay, you know, it was it was funny story because I went to to the course, and even that we know each other with Pascal only from Facebook, we visit like a very good friends in a in a private. So that was really nice situation. And after the meeting. We decided that maybe it's a good idea to organize the Tomorrow Tooth conference in Poland. And probably one year later, together with the Active Dentist Company from Poland, I organized the first Tomorrow Tooth meeting in Poland in Warsaw. And then I also become a part of the Tomorrow Tooth family and Tomorrow Tooth uh, group. So this is the whole story about 
how I became a Tomorrow Tooth member. So it's quite easy. Just have to organize a course in your country or a conference. <laughs> no, you know, it's it's at the beginning that was completely new adventure because, as you know, course organization this is something completely different than 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 dentistry. But I like new to do new things. This is always some kind of challenge for me, uh, and it was a big challenge. Also, when I had to organize my first successors course, and this is like the uh, also another story, uh, I was so nervous about. You started lecturing with the SFF system. Yes, right? uh, my the beginning of my lecturing was with Cevit uh, Company, and I was lecturing about the root canal treatment. That was like the, the very beginning, and it was something also completely new for me and like every public speaking experience at the beginning was like a real nightmare for me because as you know people the, the biggest fear of people is is death <laughs> and public speaking it's a one question you and can't answer i can say that i had <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so that that was a really real problem for me but then i decided also to to go for some kind of public speaking courses just to train a little bit and trying to to prepare myself to to do that and after all after one year of lecturing about the SAF system that was a really great adventure also for me because I met so many good people and I had also very nice feedback and then it's much easier to to go also in that direction I decided that maybe it's a good idea to start also to lecture about the restorative treatment. That that time I feel very confident uh, because everything changed after I bought the this scope. I started to work with the with the rubber dam through the Miss, Mr. Stanislav story because it turned out that after one year of working exactly every single day in an exactly the same way. It turned out that I don't need like the 30 minutes to to place the rubber dam, but I need five minutes or or, or two minutes to to do that. And that time I decided that if I've if if I have any problem, I will try to solve it. So after one year, I it turned out that I can solve almost like the 90 percent of my daily problems from the past. And this is how the successor sequence was invented because when I checked my photos from my scope it turned out that there is a repeatable sequence of my work so I was doing exactly the same thing in every single case so I decided okay let's take all that all that things and put it into one sequence because then it will be much easier also not only for for me as a dentist but also to lecture about it and after that after probably half year I when I was preparing during a night after my work uh, the whole presentation I decided okay this is a good time to to start with lecturing about the successor sequence and that was the the beginning of of the of the successor's adventure also so but now I mean one important I've always in my lectures your MSS matrix selection system which I really like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's That's um, nice to hear. Is there a story behind that as well? Behind MSS? Yes. <laughs> yes, there, there, there is a story. Because matrix selection system was probably like one of the last stages. So during the first three successors courses, I didn't talk about the matrix selection system because that was still some problematic part of the restorative treatment but after a couple of of, of months and i don't know why but i went with my friends to a wedding and after the very good party when i was going back to my home i decided okay this is a good day to think about the matrix maybe we can do something more to change the to change the way how i choosing the matrix and I decided that I've got so many so many ca documented cases so this time I 
took not the cases that I were I was really satisfied that I post on Facebook, but they took every single case that I wasn't satisfied about. And I said, okay, let's check if I do it now, I could do something in a different way. And then I I started to, to search on what, on which particular stage of the restorative treatment I could do something different. And then it turned out that there are some specific moments during the treatment that we can change a little bit, for example, the shape of the cavity to avoid some problems during the matrix adaptation or that we can estimate the average distance between the cavity and the adjacent tooth and that should help us with choosing the correct correct uh, matrix and after all when i just you know and this is probably what i would su- suggest to all the even the young dentists so if we if you've got any problem try to solve it because very often we have a problem and after the visit we just forget about it and we don't want to analyze what we could do different but when you spend like five or maybe 10 minutes every single day at the end of the work even that we are you know how the story looks like that Mm. very often after work we are so tired that the only thing that we want to do is to go back to home and just to forget about about everything what happened in the and in the dental office especially when we finish the day with some problematic situation but when we spend 10 minutes at the end just thinking okay let's think about it maybe i could do something different this way it's much much easier because otherwise you will have exactly the same problem next day and the next after the day so this is why it's very important to search to analyze to think about the solutions and this is why now if i've got any problem i try to take the photo and after the the whole day just to spend a little bit of time just searching analyzing what we could do different and this is the the way that i would recommend to everybody to uh, to develop our own skills because you know as you know dentistry is like the constant education and even that i now i'm probably working more than 11 years i still learn every single day actually in the beginning i kind of when i saw the that matrix shots or matrix pictures of matrix place and came in fashion i first was like that's a stupid idea <laughs> but when i started to do them myself like uh, even with the ring or separation ring and everything i realized that it's actually really really good idea to check the fit of the matrix that's basically the way where i really start using teflon george tell me how much time like in the maximum how much maximum time did you spend adapting the matrix band oh what was the longest um, visit with actually, the matrix adaptation I know, for example, the pre-endo build-up, when I had a really, really deep case, mm-hmm. which was ridiculously deep. So usually the carriers kind of stops at the gingival level unless there's really constant food impaction. And I, uh, that was a big challenge for me where I spent probably in half an hour just putting Teflon <laughs> into that area. So uh, I can't really tell you how long I spent, how much time do I spend. In the beginning, I kind of, when I, when it didn't work out, I kind of tried to, to do a margin evaluation. And I was kind of okay with it, even though that the x-rays in the end weren't as satisfactory as I would like them to have. <laughs> It was kind of before the 24M uh, 0.5 uh, matrixes. Did, did I answer your question? Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing is that I'm sure I can bet that everybody from the listeners of, the, of this podcast, everybody from you guys can remember the situation when you've got the problem with matrix adaptation. And no matter where I go for a, for a lecture, this is the my first question to to people 
how much time do you spend for matrix adaptation and think about your worst possible patient and you know it can be so frustrating that because sometimes at the beginning i thought okay restorative treatment this is the basic of the dentistry right this is should be this should be like the easiest part of the dentistry but at the end we know exactly how much how many problems we still have with the restorative dentistry so if we solve all the problems only with the restorative dentistry and i'm doing probably like the 60% of my of my visit is the restorative treatment i can solve a lot of my daily problems in a general dentistry so definitely that was my that was my trampoline to much more difficult cases for the prosthetic for endodontic for full mouth uh, rehabs because i was just confident about my restorative restorative treatment and let's be honest it's sometimes it's really difficult to adapt the matrix this is why that was my kind that was my i can even say a hobby just to try to find the, the situation and try to solve some problems because i knew that without it my dentistry will be a nightmare and all of us know that you know it's it's very difficult when you especially when you, you are working under the microscope we see the matrix adaptation we see that it's not correct but then we think okay but this is the only thing that i can do there is no any other way and sometimes we we exactly know that we are doing something actually it's the beginning i thought just by quality. using rubber dam we are doing i'm already above average so the filling will be great <laughs> <laughs> only to realize at some patients <laughs> uh, uh, that they developed a secondary decay after some years <laughs> although i thought i used the best adhesive system rubber dam and everything <laughs> it was long before i knew how to isolate really yeah. good like individual stamping whatever yeah and that made me think about matrixing mm -hmm. and uh, the capillary effect i only heard on facebook some italian gay guy breaking or bragging about <laughs> the capillary effect I, in the beginning i didn't believe it actually yeah Yeah, and probably this is like the most nightmare scenario. And I'm sure that everybody from from us had this situation when you are placing, you, you've got your matrix uh, adaptation ready. You are placing the bonding agent. You are placing the flow material inside the matrix. And then you are seeing like the very small amount of blood that is on the border of your composite and your matrix. And the question is what you are doing then. Then we are very often placing the extra portion of the composite and there is like the competition between the blood and between our composite, right? And, you know, we are depressing the composite to the matrix and we think that it will be okay. And sometimes we, we win the competition and we can light cure the composite. But the problem is what to do when we lose the competition so when we see exactly that blood came between the that's the moment when you buy a sandblaster and this is the question to <laughs> yeah this is the one thing but you know the the problematic scenario is when you know that you should remove everything that you should sandblast it one more time edge one more time bond everything one more time but you know that the next patient is already waiting for you. And I will be honest with, with you guys. Very often I just close my eyes and I, I, I said to myself, okay, I didn't see that blood and I just light cure the composite. And when patient was calling to my dental office after two weeks and he told me that there is like some hypersensitivity, even that I completely forgot about him, then i exactly remember you know the this this picture of the blood that came into the, the into the cavity and you know i decided that i have to change it because it was so stressful for me during the, the visit and it's i was just taking all that stresses to my home and 
it also affect of my also family life because I couldn't just you know think about nothing else because I knew that this patient probably will have some pain that he will call to me next day or next week or next month. So you know this is when I when I made the decision that I want to work without stress. I want to have like the stress free dentistry, and then it turned out that it's possible, but you have to do like extra things it's sometimes you have to spend like 20 seconds or even two minutes more and you can place the piece of the teflon that you will scroll and you can place it between the rubber dam and the cavity and then there is no capillary effect and you don't have to be afraid of that there will be a blood and there is no any competition between you and the blood but you have to do some particular steps and do it every single time so this is why it's so important for me because i'm you know i invented the 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 sequence but it's not only about the lecturing because i'm i'm using the sequence every single time and it's much easier for me because i can finally focus on the every single step and even with when we've got very complicated procedure it's much easier when it's divided into small pieces and then you are going from one step to another so from uh, for example like in in the successor sequence we've got pre-isolation star sequence so those are all the activities that we should make before placing uh, placement of the rubber dam and it's so much easier because i'm doing it every single time so i will cut the gum i will remove the calculus I will make the initial preparation, I will make the good shape of the cavity and then I can place the rubber them and I will I know that from from my recent experience to be honest the step before rubber dam placement it's the most important step if we prepare the cavity very good we will avoid the problem in the next steps but if we don't prepare the cavity well then we will have a lot of problem for example actually this step is still kind of uh, leading to discussions on facebook and even like in the online world (laughs) preparation with or without rubber dam and even like these uh, thermicut or gingy burrs there's even still some people who say i'd rather use just teflon to retract the gum and not cut it away yeah you know there are different different ways definitely i present always and i'm telling to all the participant of the lectures also that you know everybody from us have to to create our own successor sequence so it's it's good if if something is working in our hands it's good but i had a lot of problems and i know exactly why I had those problems. So I know that if I don't cut the the gum, then I will have a problem with placing the rubber dam because there is no enough space. If I don't remove the gum, I will have a problem with placement of the wedge because if there is a gum, probably I will I will not have enough space for the for the wedge mm. or I will move the rubber dam with my wedge so you know there is this is like the when we missed one step of the sequence that will affect the, the next steps and we all of us knows knows that problem i think the modern wear is kind of a backward planning for that <laughs> yeah definitely definitely this is why you know i develop whole this whole the sequence all the time so like we like we talked before the the matrix selection system was probably one of the the last uh, stages however in the the recent lectures i spent much more time on the first step so on about i'm telling a lot about the initial preparation without the rubber dam because during the first successors edition course the part about the initial preparation was two slides in my presentation. Now it's probably more than 30. 
because I see that this is the most important part and there is the topic about the shape factor. So if we can create the better shape of the cavity, that will make our work much, much easier later. So this is, from my recent experience, the, the most important, the most important part. Of course, I also see the cases. Of course, we can place the, in, in some situation when we are doing like the first class cavity, it's not a big problem to place the rubber dam at the beginning of the visit. However, you also, I, I can bet that you, you know that scenario when you place the rubber dam, you place the anesthesia before rubber dam placement, and then it turned out that patient still feels something. And you have to add extra anesthesia that it's not very easy when you've got the rubber dam on place. So then, you know, there, there is another story. So how we can put more anesthesia with rubber dam. But when we are making the initial preparation before, we can, nothing will really... Uh, we will not have any other problems because without rubber dam you can do everything. You can add the extra anesthesia, you can cut the gum, you can make the correct shape of the cavity. So at the beginning it's much, much, much easier, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, I understand the argument. One argument pro doing it completely under the dam, even the uh, preparation, is that the patient doesn't have any swallow issues. <laughs> So mm -hmm. uh, usually I tell the patient in advance, mo most of my endodontists are on referral basis, so I have to explain the rubber dam, which is a very important step, actually, <laughs> before we actually come to the appointment. One selling point is that uh, they don't have to swallow any water from the uh, handpiece because the dam is always on there. But the anesthesia argument is a good one. Sure. Of course, you know, because... As uh, we always want to, to place the rubber dam as soon as possible. So if you've got the situation like I had with Mr. Stanislav, and if it's really okay. difficult patient, it's not a problem to place a split dam with when we can place it very, very quickly. And we can do every all the steps still with the with the rubber dam, but we've, we don't have the rubber dam interproximal, so we can... We can cut it, still cut the gum, we can remove the calculus and, and so on. And even that simple step like removal of the calculus that is also one part of the pre-isolation star sequence, even it's very easy step. And I I will be honest with you, when in my early phase when I was working without rubber dam, of course I never remove the calculus because I knew that if I try to remove it, there will be a big bleeding. So that was the biggest problem. But imagine that you are placing the rubber dam at the beginning and there is still calculus subgingivally. And then you want to adapt your matrix and removing the calculus with rubber dam, it's not so easy, especially in, in deep situation. And then you will have to adapt your matrix not to the border of the cavity, but to the calculus. And if you want to avoid it, you have to remove the calculus, but then some mm. from time to time uh, the, you will damage the, the rubber dam, so still there is no isolation. And, you know, the whole story begins. And, of course, we can replace the rubber dam, but we know from the real life that very often we don't have enough time to replace it even when even that we don't have the the isolation like the good isolation so this is why i decided that it's much better to start without them and then we can finish or it's not even a finish because i am placing the rubber dam like in the average after five minutes of the initial preparation because we generally want to place it as as quick as possible. Okay, it's time to talk about your course. You're doing a course in Berlin. What can the participant expect uh, from this course? Uh, you told me something that's, that's like yeah. pure lecture part and enhance-on part. And that sounds very interesting. So just how is it working, for example, in Berlin? I'm, I, will, I will be honest. I'm a 
perfectionist guy, so when I organize the course, I want everything to be like in a perfect situation. So the story is that during the first first lecture that I did about the, the Saxisters, I had three projectors, four cameras during the lecture, and I was showing to, to my participants of the course like the single case on three different projectors because I wanted to show everything. Now I know that it's it's not so easy even to look at it, so I simplify everything, but... Uh, in Berlin, because it's much easier, I the, the whole idea about the, the Berlin course was to make an exact copy of the Polish Polish course when I provide the, the course with the microscope. So I believe because the like my name of, of the success theories group, there is after the dot, there is a success theories dot microscope dentistry. So because I believe that the microscope is also like the half of the idea of the successor sequence, I wanted to have for every single participant the microscope just to simulate like the almost one-to-one -one situation from the uh, from our daily uh, daily scenario of, with our patients. So uh, this is why this course in Berlin will be like the exact copy of the Polish course when we will, where we will work under the microscope with the with, this will be like the full protocol the first day will be about the, the whole theoretical part of the successor sequence we will talk about the all the steps we will analyze everything we'll talk about the our problems and how to how to solve it we'll talk about the safe caries preparation for example that was also like probably my biggest problem and like I told you I was a king of the zinc oxide because I had I have never been sure whether it's enough and after I know the the whole the whole approach with the safe preparation where we can prepare the caries using the prophylactic some blasting tip that that is all really awesome and we can have really really good result and we can prepare the caries without any stress uh, we'll also talk about the matrix adaption system we'll talk about the creating of the occlusal anatomy but also and uh, we'll talk about the satisfaction part and to be honest this is one of my favorite part of this access to sequence so how to be very happy about doing dentistry because like I told you I had very big crisis and after four years of work in my dental office I really hated dentistry but now I can really say that I really love the, the all the things that I'm doing in my dental office it's not a problem for me that this is a Monday morning and I have to go to my work because I know exactly that I will handle all the all the problems with restorative dentistry it's, it's not stressful at all for me now we'll also talk how to introduce all this the, the sequence to your dental office we'll talk about the dental photography about the increasing prices also so how to increase prices in your, in your dental office and that was also a biggest that was a biggest challenge for me because I'm still working with my dad in single dental office and we've got completely different approaches in restorative dentistry. So my dad is still working without microscope, without rubber dam, has much smaller prices than me and two meters more, two meters uh, far. I've got my microscope, I've got my isolation and I've got completely different prices like three times bigger than my dad and that was a really big problem at the beginning for me so we will also talk about about money and how to be very satisfied from our work how not to take all these problems to our home and how to be generally speaking very confident about the work that we are doing every single day so this will be the first day and the second day this will be like the very 
good exercise because we will work for a whole day and we will introduce the all successor sequence this time in the in the in the practical part so we'll we'll do all the steps on the on the models and we will solve like the normal problems that at the beginning everybody everybody have uh, with the with this new approach and of course everybody will know how to do the teflon floss <laughs> definitely <laughs> of course this is the, always the very funny part of the of the course because it's at the beginning it's really not so easy to to do that but i can guarantee you that when you once try and when you be more familiar with that technique you will love it because it can be really frustrating when we are when we spend 10 15 minutes doing our isolation and when we are placing the traditional wedge we are losing all the all the isolation that we that we get and then still we've got blood and suddenly we just can't uh, avoid that problem and Steflon floss solve that problem in a very very good way so to be honest now I cancel all my traditional wedges and Teflon floss is probably I'm using this technique in 90% of cases with in every single scenario with exactly the same result so uh, so this is why I believe that it's really worth to to train it. However, I know that at the beginning it's not so easy. And I was developing this technique for a more than half year uh, with many problems at the beginning, uh, with many failures, but after a couple of months it turned out that if you are doing the whole technique in very particular way, when you are when you remember about all the steps, it will be really really easy. And very often we need just fifteen seconds to adapt your matrix very very well. Actually, it's interesting that you're using the Teflon floss for nearly yeah. all your cases. You know, this is only because I want to but avoid the problem. One could just one question for sure. the Teflon floss. Did you get the idea by yourself, or did you also get some inspiration somewhere else? Uh, to be honest. I, I will be honest, guys, with you. That was my one million dollars plan, and still, some people on Facebook ask me where I can buy the Teflon floss. And I said, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very good, uh, good idea how to develop the business. But the truth is that we can do it alone with uh, just the normal dental floss and the piece of Teflon, and it's very cheap and very easy when you do exactly how to how to do that whether there was any inspiration to be honest it was so long time ago that i don't exactly remember but definitely probably when i saw for the very first time the teflon as as the teflon and when i was packing the teflon between the wedge and the matrix and sometimes from time to time i i, I spent like 10 minutes packing the pieces of teflon because I thought that this is the only way of doing that. Then I decided, okay, let's try something different. Maybe if I could pack the more Teflon in, in one shot, or maybe if I could condense it somehow. And then, like I told you, after the whole day of work, I decided, okay, let's try something different. And I was trying to find some solution. And it turned out that this is quite good quite good quite good solution however there was a lot of prototypes that was that finished not very well so i was trying to do it in a, with a different flosses in a different scenario but now i can tell you that when you prepare it well with the protocol it works every single time I've only been used it in some cases, but I already like it a lot. And I actually found out that my favorite Teflon tape is too thin for it. I need a thick one, actually. But it's actual, too much actual, detail. The secret is that we should use the, the, the very thin one. Because, you know, <laughs> I bought probably every single Teflon kind that is on the market. And once I went to the... 
building market like Castorama or Obi. And I was, you know, searching for all kinds. So I was using, because as you know, you can find it in the plumber area. Uh, so I was trying to use many, many different ways. But the best one is the the as thin as possible, because then it will connect one layer to, to another and it will condense and it will fill the every every space but this is why it's it's so important to got the very thin one and you have to prepare the teflon floss in a correct way because you have to scroll it very gently with your fingers to to create the appropriate shape of the wedge because otherwise it can not work exactly as you want it to to work but for sure, I hope that I know that this time you you can't come to 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 the course, but definitely we will visit one more time, and I'm I'm sure that you will fall in love also in Teflon floss technique. Well, the best way is to practice at home yeah. as much as you can <laughs> and find your own way. <laughs> you know, funny story. And then to just come to the course to find out, ah, it could be so easy. <laughs> exactly. So from time to time when we finish the first day and when we are going for some kind of party or for the, for the supper, uh, it's normal thing that during a supper, some of the participants are still scrolling the Teflon floss during the party or during the supper. So yeah, this is like the addiction. When you once try, you want to to, to be good at it. And after all, uh, you will adapt your matrix in a very simple way. Actually, it's a good way to close the podcast. <laughs> that was a real pleasure. George, I would like to really to, to thank you for, for the invitation. This is, you know, I, I will be honest, all of you guys, for me, this is like the very great adventure because every single time, only because of Facebook, uh, only because I started lecturing, I met so many great people. And this is always that I am all, uh, always repeat and I will always repeat that this is like the extra value of every single course that... Uh, that even that there is like the a little bit like like a small distance between the lecturer and the the audience after every course we i've got so many new friends and we are discussing about our problems about solving it so after every single course there is like the always group of people that and we are writing to each other on the messenger and uh, this is the really great thing about the Facebook that nowadays we don't have any limitation. If we want to uh, to do something, when we ask, we can get the feedback, we can get the help from all the the all the great people around the world. And this is the the really good thing about uh, living in this era. So thank you, George, one more time. And that was a real pleasure to finally to talk with you because we also, we haven't yeah. met each other yet in, in, in life uh, situation, but definitely I hope that we will change it soon, but at least we could hear each other. So that's, that's really great thing. And I would like also to, to thank, much. I would like also to thank to all the participants of this podcast. If you listen it, thank you that you want to spend your time just to develop your skills and to to learn the, the new things about the restorative part because it's good to learn every single day just to see the progress and to solve our normal daily problems. So thank you one more, so thank also, you one more time. Also, thank you for your time. <laughs> Thanks a lot. What's more fun to do on a Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is how dentist life look like that very often we work not only in our dental office but very often we work after the after going out from the from the office but this is this is good when we still like what we are doing so this is the the, the good thing about it it's all about passion <laughs> yes definitely definitely okay thanks for listening and thank you 
Thanks a lot. Thank you.